Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crimps, and con artists. We don't like these people on shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up with a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly. Take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and Jack, it has been a huge week. The anti-vaxxers in New South Wales are absolutely seething at a so-called medical apartheid that stops them from going to electronic stores, hairdressers, and, of course, the sacred pub, which I don't see the big deal, to be honest. I was back. It's $10 for a schooner, mate. I like, <laughs> I like drinking at home. Support but, your local pub, What, job. Woolworths pub change in Craig Laundy? Yeah, sick one. So in Victoria, COVID cases have launched into the thousands, and poor old dictator Dan is going to have to let rip leading to an anti-vaxxer reckoning of biblical proportions. Mm. I don't know why they want this. It's going to hell in a handbasket here in Australia, and we are in week one of the anti-vax apocalypse. Uh, Meanwhile, in other parts of Australia, the National Cabinet decision to open up the country only when all of it had reached 80% fully vaxxed has gone out the window. Newly anointed New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet is going it alone, opening up international travel and receiving visitors from overseas who are fully vaxxed with no quarantine requirements, which is pretty funny given the clenched teeth press conference from Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday, declaring the Freds are still in command of visas, etc. I'll do nothing. Scotty finally had to do something. What a shocker he's had this week. Yeah, he's going to need a Bex and a good lie down after fronting a presser and not answering questions. I mean, fuck, that'll tire him out. It's been a big week in the courts, though, with a lot of legal shenanigans going across the country, giving Cisco WebEx a reason to exist. I mean, just use Zoom. Everyone uses Zoom now. It's the point. We're all over those later on an AV update. Yes, and we'll get to all your favourites, including Blackpill Fuckwit and the week in Pete Emmons. But first, we'll kick it off with the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. A Queensland woman was charged with pretending to be a doctor and issuing hundreds of false medical exemption certificates for COVID vaccinations. She's a self-described best-selling author on Amazon (laughs) and former drug addict, self-described, and former teenage prostitute self-described. While she has been charged under the name Maria Carmel Powell, her online coaching business for addicts, which includes reference to her name Maria Powell, now also uses the title Dr. Maria Power after a thesis on addiction was submitted to the University of Southern Queensland. She is not a medical doctor. Her Doctor of Professional Studies title relates to a thesis on addiction commenced in 2015 and completed in June 21. Police will allege the woman told them she had issued approximately 600 false medical exemption certificates. In an exclusive interview by the wonderful Sam Maiden for news.com.au, an unrepentant Miss Power told Sam she had done nothing wrong. Miss Power described the police's execution of a search warrant on Thursday morning as scary. They took my laptop, they took my phones, they took everything. And all I'm simply doing is protecting people that don't want to suffer the adverse effects of COVID-19 PCR tests. What? There were eight of them that came. They all had guns. They just came in. They were here for about three hours. It was scary. It's called an arrest. Yeah. You did something wrong. You should have seen this guy. Well, you're about to, you, 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 you're 
been in total the presumption of innocence, but you have been charged. You've been arrested and charged yes, with have. Uh, a range of offences. Speaking Oops. at a press conference in Brisbane, Detective Acting Inspector Damien Powell from uh, Task Force Sierra Lynette, they actually set up a task force about this, said Miss Power could face fines and possible jobs on. She does not hold a medical doctorate degree, Powell said, and as I indicated earlier, she's not registered with AFRA, which is the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency, nor is she registered with Medicare. She's basically anti-COVID, does not believe people should be forced into vaccination. She doesn't believe she's done anything wrong, unquote. Mm. That was from the police. Ms Power has posted a range of anti-vaccination statements in recent months to her Facebook page and Instagram page as Dr M Power. She's done a <laughs> she's done a she's done a uh, Homer Simpson there. Yes, she's she gone does. for the Max Power. <laughs> I like change it. of name. Very good. Uh, she has claimed on on her social media ministrations that twelve thousand deaths and rising had occurred from COVID vaccinations. Okay, cool. Yep. No. Never before have I seen so much confusion over a vaccine that says I have to wear a mask and socially distance even when vaccinated. You're how making the confusion, idiot. Yeah. How many pandemics you've lived through? Max, max, max power. I never had to worry about cardiac issues and or blood clots and deaths as a side effect, she said. Okay. In a statement, Queensland police said she was the first person in the state to be charged with this offence. First, not last, I'm sure. Police have charged a woman for allegedly pretending to be a doctor and issuing fake medical exemption certificates, stating a person is exempt from under co- uh, uh, from undergoing COVID testing, receiving a vaccine and wearing a mask. That was according to the police. She is scheduled to appear at the Southport Magistrates Court on Thursday, October 28th. Ooh, spicy. That'll be an interesting one. Bring a couple of to that, wouldn't you? Yes. Hey? Yeah. Picnic I, basket. Yeah. Sit outside. That will be oh, that will be, uh, that will be entertaining. Yes. Hopefully they'll put it on YouTube. So it turns out that there was a, uh, a big teaser announcement from Reignite Democracy Australia recently saying something big was coming, which turned out to be the unholy alliance between Monica Smith's RDA and Clive Palmer's UAP. Together. It's a, they're getting married. Oh, it's the, oh, just please. Just, oh, this is so upsetting. So this finally puts to rest the never-ending saga of when RDA party was going to be registered by the AEC. Never. The answer is never. No. It's never going to be registered. And that's well, how that just ended. Yeah. It's still still nothing no. with the AEC, of course. Despite, of course, the fact that they took 35-odd thousand in membership fees. We don't really know. Mm. And they claim they'll be refunded. But, I mean, like, where's the money, Monica? Where's the money? Well, it's a very good question. And uh, it, it basically indicates that, well... People might have certainly were, were sold the idea of joining a political party and yep. uh, and provided uh, <coughs> provided cash to purchase political membership and party memberships. They're often referred to in RDA um, stuff from Monica that they are party members. And they use the RDA party yes, as a thing in their communications. Like, they're not shy about it. They, yeah, they well, started using RDA party way before they even talked about fucking registering it. Yeah, yeah. Look, so there's a long history there. It's very interesting. It's really naughty. In the meantime, Smith has been doing her best to pump up Craig. Good mate, Craig. A sub kind of freedom-fighting folk hero. He's really just sitting in a very small yard throwing a ball against the wall. <laughs> Monica, that's, you know, it's not... Really heroic. Certainly not by Trump standards anyway, you know. No. You don't like, no. you know, 
I don't, I, I don't like the ones that get captured. So, yes. um, so <laughs> look, it's really bizarre to watch because he really is just a complete dullard. But they made Trump into a pedophile killing superheroes. So, you know, anything is possible, you know, when you lie. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the truth is a barrier to fun. So if you want to know why RDA and UAP have joined forces, it's quite simple. And this is my opinion, but Monica Smith really likes money. And I think she's made that abundantly clear over the last year. Clive Palmer has heaps of that. So it's pretty straightforward. But for all the shit I can hear from Monica, and there is a lot, believe me, credit where credit is due. She's an operator of the highest order, and she can make a huge amount of noise on a shoestring budget. She's been doing it from the start of this. Palmer, on the other hand, is that kind of clumsy, rich idiot who just throws money at things and hopes something happens. He doesn't really do anything. He just signs checks and just sort of like, here, Here's money no, for Star I think, Wars. You're, I, I think you're underselling him here. He certainly understands advertising. He certainly understands well, how, to, how to reach out with a message. It's more of just bombarding people as opposed to calculated localized campaigns, yeah. which Monica's very good at. So the idea of Monica with Palmer money, with her ability to organize on a local level on a shoestring budget with actual cash is fucking terrifying. Look, uh, it's also a sense, you know, it's a, it's a similar experience to that of Kelly. Now you're on Palmer's money. Now Monica's on Palmer's money. As Craig was told <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, he piped up and said, oh, I'll be in charge of policy. And Palmer <laughs> said, no, you won't. No, you won't. You know, no. That statement came, the response from Palmer came about, uh, came about three hours later. Very, very porn. quick. Yeah, vaccination rates will reassure you that the future isn't really bleak. Well, not in Australia at least, but I'm not even worried about Craig Kelly becoming a senator or any of the other UAP idiots getting a seat in the reps. What I'm worried about is the unholy combination of RDA and UAP completely ruining election day for everyone involved, Joe. This is something that I hold very true to my heart. Election day is a beautiful thing. I fucking love it. I like to go out and hand out for labor, my preferred lesser evil, and have it a banter with the others on the ground. Usually the people are okay. Sometimes the liberals can be kind of pricks. The last one uh, when I did in Western Sydney was a little conspiratorial. I sort of like fuck with her on that. But they usually behave themselves for the most part. Yeah, well, look, there's never any real agro history of agro at ballot boxes. I don't think it'll be tolerated either. Not real and don't bad forget, line. you know, you're sort of talking about sort of 85 to 90 percent of people going, "Oh, I don't like those people." Yes, but there's argy bargy. But can you imagine the kind of people that are going to man the booze for UAP? Uh, we're going to be flooded with arseholes in yellow t-shirts who have done their own research and are convinced that if they just keep screaming about the new world order, we'll eventually sort of, you know, wake out of our stupor, rise yes, exactly. from you know coma and go, "Oh my God, you people were right." All all along, all along, you are right. Like, this is going to Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But that honestly is nothing. Don't forget, these idiots are convinced that voter fraud is rife and that, you know, their Donald Trump and Craig Kelly or whoever is going to get ripped off in the counting room. Like, these guys just see America <laughs> and they just go, that's us. So the UAP are going to be sending their best and brightest in as scrutineers to scream about voter fraud, claim random boxes full of reflex paper are actually full of ballots for their candidate, and generally be complete pests. When they're removed from the room for being disruptive shitheads, they film it and they become martyrs on Telegram. <laughs> it's election fraud. They're silencing gonna, us. You think it's going to happen over the next, well, the next federal election? I think we're going to see the first, possibly first, punch up in a voting room. These guys are awful people. 
They bite people. They're just not good. I genuinely dread to think how this is going to play out. I was talking to someone on a campaign the other day and I told them straight up, mate, you need to warn your volunteers. Anyone who takes on scrutineering at this election is possibly going to come across a UAP member in a yellow shirt. Well, not in a yellow shirt, the counting room, but screaming about election fraud that doesn't exist and possibly starting fights. So, I mean, look, as for the actual announcement, James Beadle, who is at Thoughtless Deed on Twitter, worth a follow, watched the video so we didn't have to. And I so thank you for that. Because, of course, RDA released a video to announce a deal instead of using her words. But the thing is, Monica, maybe don't use your words because your writing is <laughs> awful. You can't spell. Yeah. It just sucks. So, yeah, make a video. Fine. Look, I don't want to be snobbish about this, Joel, but... Uh, as a person who actually writes for a living and is actually a journalist, you know, this is, um, uh, you know, I, I, I look at her writing and, you know, it, 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 it's, I, I just don't want to, you know, look down my nose at her, but it hurts me. It's not, it's not, it's good. so bad. It's so bad. It's fifth grade level and it's not good. So heaping shit on Monica aside, she claims that RDA is more of a lobby group than anything else, which of course, before they were a party, but now they're a lobby group, hmm. a special interest group, but basically, psychotic, paranoid libertarians, you know, whatever. She says she never wanted to start a political party, oh. which is a bit weird because she, she took $35,000 in membership fees to start one. She had all this stuff about RDA party. I think she had a graphic made. So, yeah, I don't know. Never wanted to what? Okay, okay weird. Yeah. Weird change of Pretty place there. Pretty sure she said party membership on several yeah. occasions. Yeah. Maybe I made up RDA party in my head and all this is just like a dream I'm having. <laughs> Wake really, me up. We went really just a lobby group, yeah. Yeah, fuck off. So she considered doing a deal with Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. Did she? Apparently. Yeah, that's what she says in the video, according to James. But she thinks that UAP is growing faster. What that really means is that Clive has lots of money and she likes money. Well, she's but- got now she's got a Queensland front, you know. She, yes. She's got a, you know, and northern New South Wales, of course. It is interesting that it's a very Queensland sort of based organisation, but she's about to bring the fucking thunder to Victoria. Oh, my God, don't. Just move. Just move to Western Australia, I suppose, if they'll let you. Well, yeah, there, there's really no cult of the personality going on around Monica Smith at the moment. That that would be the thing that would bother me if I was in her camp. There's, yeah. there's not a lot of identification with her. Certainly, certainly in that tiny fringe network there is but in terms yeah, of trying to get electorally. out trying to get out to that elect- like we've, we've already talked about this she, yeah. she's but they're basically talking in victoria about three percent of yeah. fuck all really much. yeah it's not much but god they'll be noisy i mean look here's an indication i know you i love your optimism but clive palmer has apparently bought one hundred and forty thousand t-shirts and hats this to me extra large scary. extra extra large <laughs> Look, it's, we're not going to fat shame people, but at the same time, I'm sure there is a very a lot of extra. sizes there. <laughs> a lot of double X's in You'll there. You'll be there in Clive's own image. Hey, I'm not one to talk. I'm almost as fat as Clive myself. <laughs> so this, this to me basically cements the idea that the polling booths are going to be overrun with obnoxious and incredibly oh, unvaccinated oh, people in yellow shirts, mm. starting fights in public, harassing people with election material, <laughs> hanging out around train stations, shoving anti-vax propaganda <laughs> down people's throats for the month before the fucking election. Honestly, it's going to be a nightmare uh, <laughs> to the gulag, just to the gulag with all of them. <laughs> look, I can't wait. We'll see. We'll see, Joe. We'll just see about that. Oh. Yeah, look, yes, it's going to be. 
a bit of blood on the waddle during oh. an election. No, 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 no. We don't want to say that. But it's look. It, <laughs> it's it, true, though. Uh, look, we'll see. I, I, we are talking about a, a, a very small minority of people, most of whom have not been engaged in the political process before. No. So that does uh, create potential. Uh, it's red problems flag. Just Pun that intended. sort of. We don't really understand. You know, this is the way no. we behave everywhere we go. It exactly. doesn't. It doesn't matter that we're in a ballot box. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just this is the way we are. What do you mean I can't wear my yellow T-shirt in to vote? What do you mean? This is bullshit. That's electoral fraud. Of course I can wear my yellow T-shirt in to vote. It is electoral fraud. We'll see about that. Look, it's also been a huge week for Lucky Lance and Zaragard Wilson, Joe. It has. It's been a huge week for the dynamic duo down in Melbourne. Serial Pest and absolutely not a journalist, Darby. Not a journalist, Darby. Not a journalist. Made one of his annoying Rebel News videos with obnoxious all caps breaking headline text, which read in all caps, Arrested and charged for threat to kill. Ooh, all caps. So all that's caps. serious. All caps. Yemeni, who is neither a journalist nor a lawyer, does not know the difference between being arrested or being charged. The webpage had a picture of Zara underneath the completely incorrect headline, most of it in caps, despite the fact that it was indeed her husband, Lucky Lance, Australia's most prolific anti-scamming activist, who was alleging to be charged with this crime. Which he wasn't even charged, but he Uh-oh. said it anyway. I mean, this is basically because Avi Yemeni is not a journalist. A mm. journalist wouldn't have done that, but Avi Yemeni did because he's not, not a journalist. journalist. Avi. It's just Sorry, not a journalist. Mate. It's just not a journalist. So Zara put in a statement of claim in the federal court claiming that Yemeni was fully aware of this but said it anyway. Yeah, checks out. She was seeking damages, aggravated damages. They're the good kind. And then orders to remove the post, which is totally fucking reasonable. I mean, mm. come on. Yeah, most of you will know of Avi Yemeni, but uh, for those who don't, he is a serial pest who works for an alt-right propaganda outlet called Rebel News, based in Canada. He's at all the protests with his little microphone, a smug look on his face, yeah. some huge dude in a high-vis vest that says security. He constantly begs for money for various causes, but rarely ever actually does anything of note with it. Where's the money, Arby? Where's the money, Arby? Where is the money, money, champion? Where's the money, Arby? Where's the money? So the whole thing came to a head this week when Lucky Lance and Zara went into mediation with Arby Rebel News, which is a good thing to do before you go to court because you don't waste the fucking court's time with bullshit like this. And and Ezra Levant, the owner of Rebel News in Canada and general villain of reason and sanity, said that he backed his journalist 100%. He was fully behind his man, Arby. And then Zara politely reminded him that Arby posted something completely misleading, which took court action for him to retract because, you know, he's not a journalist. A journalist retracts things and they're wrong. He made the court force him. So getting to mediation was pretty ridiculous for a simple retraction. Levant, in apparent shock, backed down at this point because it looks like Arvi may not have told him the full story. Oh, oh beyond Arvi to tell a fib. So Zara dropped the demand for damages. She just wanted a solid, sincere apology. Even though she had a strong chance of getting them, it would have been a long and protracted legal process that no one wants to be a part of, except for these weird fucking legal sycophants in the movement. But apparently the Rebel News guys were really confused by this. They are like, what? You don't want money? But everyone wants money. Like, what's the catch here? She just wants an apology, guys. So they made an agreement. And this is decent. I saw this in the pa- on the paper, you know, saying that an apology will be made and it'll be publicly on the Rebel News website. Yep. Now, Arvi Yemeni, who's not a journalist but is a weasel, 
published this retraction, clarifying so strongly that it's not an apology, read the script that was prepared to him by Zala's lawyers, like some sort of child being forced to apologize <laughs> to his sibling for stealing their chocolate milk. Sorry, not sorry. sorry. He's the fucking worst. Like, sorry, everyone. It's couched like 10 minutes into this video that no one's going to watch in a video that's titled, in caps, of course, Hidden camera, the age chief reporter busted for fake news, which is ironic because the whole thing is that you got busted for fake news because you were taken to fucking court for making a fucking defamatory statement that you refused to retract because mm. you're not a fucking journalist. Mm. So this is this annoying clip where Avi Yemeni hassles this actual journalist about how he never wrote anything about Lucky Lance. Uh, yeah, what are we talking about here? Well, this entire story is about an article you made on fucking Lucky Lance videos you made that were defamatory in nature. Like, what the fuck? So he hassles Chip for an example, and this is a great five-year-old argument tactic. You always do this. Make someone give you an example of something because if they can't think of something on the top of their head, then you win. You win by default. Yeah, you're, talking, is- about, you're talking about Chip LeGrand there, aren't you, the age I am. And this is seven-year-old logic. I mean, this entire thing revolves around Avi claiming that Lance was charged with him, threatening him with death, and making a post on Rebel News to say that. So then he goes on to report yet another false story of Lance ripping off a charity, which never happened. It's completely factually incorrect. But he reports it like it's not only true, but he dramatizes it in that annoying clickbait style that Avi's known for. He wants people to know this, despite the fact that it's a lie. He lies so naturally because he's not a journalist. And then, of course, he claims that he's happy to make retractions because they're such fucking truth warriors. Mate, he took a statement of claim to the federal court and a fucking mediation session. Like, and even then when you did it, you did it in a graceless and sad manner where the entire thing had to be about you winning the day and winning mediation. You could have saved Rebel News tens of thousands of dollars with, let's face it, all came from donors who think they're fighting fines with a simple retraction like any journalist would do. But you're not a journalist. So you had to take it all the way to the end, get forced by daddy court or at least daddy mediation because the lawyers told you what to do and then claim you were going to do it from the very start. I mean, look, for a for a really good rundown on this, Tom Tanneke did a great Twitter thread on this, which sums it up really nicely. He's a very good lad. Look, the entire thing spans from an IVO, an intervention order against Lucky Lance from Arby, who claims that he is scared of Lance. Mm. Yep, the Krav Maga instructor is scared of Lance. What's the point of this? Well, the IVO means that Lance can't call out Arby for being a serial pest and grifter. And as he is essentially gagged from speaking about Yemeni in public. For someone who speaks large about free speech, he seems to be going to pretty elaborate means in order to silence Lucky Lance, who was telling a few dangerous truths about his Fight the Fines campaign. Mm-hmm. Monica Smith, of course, has an IVO against Lance as well. Due to the long-winded and generally tedious manner of these people, the hearing this week regarding the IVO was adjourned until 1 March. 2022. There's not enough hours in the year to hear Arvi throw his two cents in about anything. Let's face it, he doesn't just talk a big game. He just talks and talks. Just talks. Endlessly. I mean, look, and that is the thing. Yemeni and Smith, they do talk a big game about free speech. They do. But here they are telling these tall tales about the danger Lucky Lance presents them. Like what? Like Lance is going to go over and clobber them on the head. A, Arvi Yemeni would kick Lance's ass in a day and Monica Smith why would it just it's just so dumb realistically all he does is make funny videos calling out their grift like in a shopping center and shit they're great they're adorable as fuck i love it we love you lance so they don't like it 
They go to the cops, shop around for a sympathetic one, and then use the courts as a weapon against him, using the system to fuck with him. If you ever wondered why Lucky Lance never mentioned Smith or Yemeni in his takedown videos, here's why. They fucking gagged him using the police and this bullshit claim of fear, basically using the courts as their censorship bureau. But it's another week in the movement. This is just another week in the movement. This is what these people do. These free speech loving, peaceful research movements. Just a pack of dickheads. Out of control. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you by the newest nation on earth, the People's Republic of New South Wales. <laughs> and after seceding from the uh, Commonwealth of Australia, the infant nation took its first baby steps yesterday. The dear leader, Dominic Perrottet, established visaless travel into and out of the new republic, meaning citizens of New South Wales may now fly to Paris, London or Los Angeles. Yay! But we can't get to Brisbane, Melbourne or Perth just at the minute. No, not quite. But citizens of New South Wales can fly all over the world and then fly home, grab their luggage off the carousel with a fucking smile and stride purposely onto their next conquest without any messy quarantine. Good. Provided they've been fully vaccinated, which everyone has been, because we're all so fucking smart in the People's Republic of New South Wales. Now, I just want to say, I really hope the beagles have been rehomed, those cute little dogs that do the quarantine at the airport. Since we've given away that program, I like to think they've been rehomed and not shot in a ditch. Ah, look, you know, they're uncertain futures, I think we'd have to say about them. The Queen has been told very politely to get fucked. Good. The United Nations has been urged to create some desk space in the General Assembly. Good. Not up the back with all those shitty countries, but down the front <laughs> next to some pretty ones like Sweden. Absolutely. No news yet on what New South Wales currency will look like, but it has been confirmed New South Wales, New South Wales people will be required to make cash payments in the traditional New South Wales way. That's uh, brown paper bags. So it's going to be Bitcoin. You have to put your cash in there first and then, it, yeah. It'll That's be Bitcoin. the way it's done in New South Wales, Sydney particularly. We will annex the Australian Capital Territory before dawn, the dear leader said. <laughs> Take out the trash and set our minds to the conquest of the Goldie and Noosa, where there are some very lovely beaches, but we'll leave Brisbane alone because it's a bit shit. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. Again. Viva the dear leader. Viva the People's Republic of New South Wales. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. And if you're successful in today's which black-pilled fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll be made governor of the Northern Rivers Prefecture. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. Where the immediate administrative challenges include getting the army out to vaccinate their children and drive around Byron Bay with a big soapy brush to clean the encrusted filth off these hippies so they can resume their place in human civilization again. I'm going to need to get legal advice on just putting random mines on the sidewalk <laughs> You'll and just seeing what happens. You'll be in charge of Pete. Uh, You're the governor of Pete. I'll be a benevolent overlord. Don't you worry, Oh, Pete. look, that's entirely up to you, and, and I never judge. So, yeah, um, we'll you know, you we'll go see. your hardest. But you've got to get everything right. Okay, all right. Now, this one, this, uh, this, uh, I want this first question comes from listener Tom, who put in some work and... Uh, and extended out the options too. So absolutely fantastic work, Tom. You saved me some time. God love you. Yeah. Here's the quote. week this week. Who said, one of the Smartmatic patent holders, Eric Coomer, I believe his name is, is 
on the web as being recorded in a conversation with Antifa members saying that he had the election rigged for Mr. Biden. Well, that's no good. Now, was that? A man who deduced that someone who is 850 years old couldn't vote in an election because they would be deceased. The Sherlock Holmes with a pillow company, Mike Lindell. (laughs) What a cut. Or was it? Look, she hasn't said she's anti-vax. And there's no evidence that she's had the vaccine. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ooh, wow, that's a a shit wild card. I like that one. (laughs) Possible, but tough. Anyway. Uh, was it? Is it an election fraud case? Is it a vaccine mandate case? Or is it a totally baseless claim? The woman who would release the Kraken, which turned out to be a toothless chihuahua, Sydney Power. It did. It did. And now she's fucked. Or was it not a fan of trains, especially Joe Biden's slow train to Marxism, although he sweats like he's been shoveling coal into an 1860s locomotive, Rudy Giuliani? As a fellow sweaty man, I must say I feel for him because I see myself in him in that situation. But I wouldn't have used fake spray hair to cover up for my sad cat and balding. (laughs) I own that shit. I own it. There's that magnificent moment in the White House where... Uh, just outside the White House, it was it was part of uh, the GOP's convention, and uh, and Giuliani sitting there with his second wife, and uh, and he's sweating like sweating up like a, sweating a storm, and he's actually wiping his face and then wiping it on his wife. Isn't and that she, so perfect? She doesn't she doesn't realise that she he just thinks he's being affectionate. She looks at him and gives him a big smile, but he's it's just a, wiping sweat on sweat her rag. back. Well, using look, his wife as a sweat rag. It, it's, it's a man of sweat rags would say something like that. I'm feeling it's going to be either Lindell or Giuliani, so I'm going to go with Giuliani. Hooray! Yes. Joe, excellent work. Very, very good. And thank you, Tom, for all of that. Uh, very nice that was work great. indeed. That's a really good lineup. Well done, Tom. I yeah, tell you what, mate. Excellent yeah, work. Once excellent again, work. <clears throat> if, uh, if, Jack, uh, if Jack bows out, mate, yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be messaging in the, you. In the event of my death. Yes. Which I'm hoping doesn't happen anytime soon. I've got awfully used to you. Question two. Starts with a quote from David Yudin, who we've talked about in the program, the one-time VP of Pfizer turned anti-vaxxer. So this is not the quote. This is the quote that someone actually re-quoted. Okay, here we go. Okay. And this is the quote. There is absolutely no need for vaccines to extinguish the pandemic. I've never heard such nonsense talked about vaccines. You do not vaccinate people who aren't at risk from a disease. You also don't set about planning to vaccinate millions of fit and healthy people with a vaccine. It hasn't been extensively tested on human subjects. Thank you, David Yeadon. Great. You fucking crackpot. Go now, to hell. Someone actually requoted that, Joel. Was it actually republished it with the following message. Something to ponder. I'm no epidemiologist. Okay, where's Pete Evans coming up? That sounds exactly <laughs> like Pete Evans was saying. It is very... Just asking questions, mate. It's a mate. very, very Evansian... Such a Pete thing to say. <laughs> ...quote, isn't it? But it wasn't Pete. Okay. It right. was one of uh, <clears throat> one of the world's great sportsmen. Ooh. Was it not an em- epidemiologist, Shane Warne? It's yeah, not. he's not. I wasn't sure if he was an epidemiologist or not. No. But he's not. Not an epidemiologist, Shane Warne. Was it not an epidemiologist, Kelly Slater? Ooh. Was it not an epidemiologist, Conor McGregor? Uh. Or was it not an epidemiologist, Kyrie Irving? Fuck. So you've got D, which is the anti-vaxxer basketball player, but then you've got B, who I believe is an anti-vaxxer surfer. 
Shane Warne, I think, is a dummy. And I think Conor McGregor doesn't know how to copy and paste or even probably tweet. Uh, well, he's actually been hit around the head a lot, a lot, Joel. And look, Warnie, <laughs> well, you shouldn't be saying terrible things like that about Warnie. He's assaulted a spin, but he's also a fucking creep. I'm going with Kyrie Irving. Oh. I'm afraid you're wrong. It's Kelly Slater. God damn it, I fuck. I, ah. Kelly Slater it, it was. was. Kelly. You were, were on the right track. I was on the right yeah, track. Yeah, you tossed the coin. That was my gut feeling. I tossed the coin tails. and the coin damn. fucked me. I really want to overlord the Northern Rivers. There's so much potential in that. It would be so much fun. It'll last six yeah. minutes before they lynch well, look, me, but it'll be fun. Look, I am going to give you the chance of doing that if okay. you get the following right. And we're on a sporting Ooh. theme again. I don't know, it's okay. not your strength, but you can put all your chips in on this one and still get the gig. These ones are hard. Governor of the Northern Rivers Prefecture. I want it. I want in it. In the People's Republic of New South Wales. All right. Yes. Here's the quote. Personally, I am opposed to vaccination and I wouldn't want to be forced by someone to take a vaccine. Unquote. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Was it? Pub Pong genius recovering from his meltdown at the US Open. Maybe he had COVID. Maybe not. He's had it at some point. Novak Djokovic. I fucking hate him so much. It's probably him. Was it my heavily tattooed body, my choice? Melbourne born, so you know he's cooked. Former Celtics guard and US Olympian Kyrie Irving. He's from Melbourne. No wonder he's so fucked in the head. Melbourne born. I get it now. Was it New Zealand tall bloke? Talented dribbler with ball and shit. (laughs) Who once said, without a hint of irony... You know a smart guy once said nothing at all, Ty Webster. That's pretty funny. You That's know, a great quote. You actually are saying something and said, you know, a smart guy. Yeah. Said. It's like when like yeah. Monica Smith and shit's like, you know, you know, we're not allowed to speak out in Australia while speaking out. Yeah, like, look, if okay. he was Australian, there would have been a yeah, nah at the start. Yeah, yeah nah. Exactly. You know, a smart guy once said nothing at all. Uh, Or was it the Bradman of darts and the Doug Walters of drinking while playing elite-level sports? Parlour game genius, Phil the Power Taylor. It would be very funny if that was the case. I'm going to write that off. I love Phil Taylor. I love the power. I'm once again going to fuck this because I reckon it's Djokovic, but I reckon also I'm going to go my backup plan of the guy that fucked me earlier but is going to fuck me now, Kyrie Irving. No! God damn it! The Northern Rivers will go unpunished. Ungoverned. <laughs> well, ungoverned and unpunished God because you failed there utterly. It was Novak, no, wasn't it? It was Novak Djokovic. Fuck. Yes. Oh. Um, not Philip Power Taylor. This is why I don't gamble. Black. It just sinks pints and then just goes bang, 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 <laughs> 180. And that's what he does for a living. Yeah, I love his story. He was world champion of darts. You know, he'd been world champion a number of times and he was living in a caravan. <laughs> in a van down by the river. <laughs> well, look, I'm sure he's made a ton of money out of darts, but uh, at the time, yeah, he was comfortable enough living in a caravan. That's good. That's good. That's great. I love it. That's very good. And we remind listeners that we would love to hear from them for contributions, to provide some contributions to us on which black-pilled fuck we said that. So drop us a line on the conditional release program at gmail.com and Joel will send you out a bunch of goodies. Certainly will. Certainly will. Absolutely. That's, That's my job. Including the famous stubby hold, of course, which we've just clinically proven uh, to... 
actually drinks get colder in it, which is actually defying physics at the moment. We're going to get sued. And, uh, and a, lot of people get sued. Are, a lot of people are pointing the, the finger at Albert Einstein and saying, look, you completely got this wrong. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what people are doing. The science yeah. community is lit up with this kind of sentiment. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the stubby hole approves it. So drop us a line if you've got a contribution to which Black Bill fuckwit said that. We love getting them. Yeah, it's time for our AV update. <laughs> and as per usual, we start with the stat. 47.3% of the world's population has received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. 6.61 billion doses have been administered globally and 22.4 million are now administered each day. So it's declining which is really mm. interesting. And we get to the low-income countries, only 2.7% uh, of people in those countries have received at least one dose. That's really, if you want a definition of that, that is developing world, sands, India, and uh, China. Um, only 2.7% there. The issue is really not vaccine aversion or hesitancy or anti-vax, it's really all about supply. We need to do yeah. better. We want our vaccines first. And while Australia has been doing a great job in getting like plus like 90 forecasts, like, you know, ACTs considering themselves fully vaccinated, like it's really- Well, they are. But what's happening is the anti-vaxxers are coming out and just saying simply the stats are fake. And this can't be possible because they live in echo chambers on Telegram and they're like, look, I know so many people who haven't been vaccinated. Surely these numbers are wrong. No, the numbers are right. The numbers are fine. They come from official sources. Yep. The government's not lying to you. There's no point. But when it comes down to it, this is one of the next frontiers. It's the kids and it's also the numbers are fake. Well, the, the percentages are based on those 16 or older in the yep. population. Uh, what what percentage of that population has been vaccinated? And they are official figures. Don't matter if you don't believe them. Yeah, don't care. You know, don't matter. They're still real after you fucking whinge all about it. Doesn't your opinion doesn't count? No, it doesn't. Look, it's been a huge week, Joe, in Law and Order, uh, which yes, kicked is. off with the arrest of Topher Field, another blowhard anti-vax grifter who recently made tens of thousands of dollars to fund a documentary. He's pretty serious about making it, I think. Creatively titled Blood in the Water. water, So dramatic. I mean, I get the blood, but where's the water? I Uh, know. Anyway. Maybe maybe that's like basically the documentary Friendly Geordie's made, you fucking idiot. Find your own name. Absolutely terrible. The cops turned up to his home to arrest him, much to his shock, although he had the camera rolling from the moment they turned up. Funny that. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So Real Rockshit is calling him a documentary filmmaker and political commentator. And I think is. the Herald yeah. Sun did as well. But no, he's a right-wing agitator. He's just another fucking grifting piece of shit. He claims incitement is just simply used to silence dissent. No, Topher, you were arrested for encouraging people to commit crimes. Allegedly. And that's naughty. Mm-hmm. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly naughty as well. You're not a documentary filmmaker. You haven't documented shit. Yeah. You're a documentary fundraiser. You're going to take all your iPhone footage and cut it together in iMovie and charge $60,000 for it. Yeah, like I think that's the thing. He actually hasn't made a documentary. No. But he, no. Actually, but he, to his credit, has raised funds to make a documentary. And so we can call him thing. a documentary fundraiser. You can call it an aspiring documentarian, sure. And just like Rakshin, he, he, he does run around live streaming things. 
and he, he and he, uh, and he uh, live streamed the entire arrest because uh, that's where the griff starts. Of course, you've got to get those views or it never happened. He acts like, oh my god, you know, what are you people doing? What are you, what are you guys doing here? What happened? The, the cops are here to arrest me. For what? For incitement, you say? Yeah, the police officer of clearly states that he had called earlier to inform him that they were coming, <laughs> but he pretends like it's news to him. Why? It's all sort of, you know, performance. It's a bit of dance. It's all a bit of theatre. It's all fucking ballet. That's, His wife just does that. Oh, my. Oh, my Lord, oh Topher. Oh, my God. It's what the police. The We've got a child here. Put the child in front of the camera. I, I just need to show you the child that will be fatherless for a night. Yeah, look, uh, they love a bit of theatre, don't they, Joe? Oh, they do. They fucking love it. Like, the baby starts crying, just like on cue, and you're like, oh, wow, how did you make the baby cry? Well done, though. That's really good. I mean, look, old Topher, who's learning from the best in the shadow of Monica Smith, claims in the video that the bail conditions will be what dictates the next move for him. Here's the quote. Yeah, I saw that. If the bail conditions are reasonable, then I might be out today. If they're unreasonable, then I will not be. So we will see. He's going to take a stand. He's not going to take these yeah, yeah. bail conditions that say if you can't break the law anymore. Said it, which is, a, which is a, probably probably a harsher place than uh, the moniker uh, spent 22 nights in. Yeah. Down, the, down the Melbourne Rand Centre for a little while. That's where he go. That makes sense. I have heard from a nurse uh, who worked in prisons, a uh, good friend of mine, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, women's prisons aren't nice and the people in them are Fucking terrifying. Well, but I'm anyway, sure they are. I'm sure I mean, they are. Look, but she's in a, a she's in a romance section, as as he would be if he declined his bail. Yes, and that will all be basically with this weird, bizarre Mandela moment thing. We're spending time in jail, and then you rattle the tin for donations. Mm. Like we know you can contest your bail conditions from home, but that's not dramatic. Saying that you're on bail at home, there's no theatre in that. No, Smith has managed to milk. Her 22 days in jail for everything, or of course, six months, according to Alex Jones. It's just for all it's worth. She's done so well making this 22 days out to be this like giant sentence where she wrote a book and she's fucking being super philosophical. Not that she has the ability to. And Topher looks like he wants to do the same. To be honest, this is a great career move for him. Will he get $300,000? Probably not. But it will be interesting to see how this plays out with this line of idiots volunteering to go to jail, being stoked when they finally get arrested (laughs) for the sake of just making money. Because we just live in fucking cooked times that make no sense anymore. Yeah, on the other side of the legal process, on Friday the 15th of October, Justice Beast Jones of the New South Wales Supreme Court handed down his verdict on the Kassam, Henry and others v. Hazard case. Basically, it's the Buckley and AFL solicitors super show of wild claims and ivermectin research. Yeah, they love the research, but unfortunately, it didn't get them very far because, to put it bluntly, they lost. Oh, that's, yeah, gone. Yeah, it was what all a shame. pretty quickly. It was. The, the verdict took like, like, what, like 10, 15 minutes to read out. The reasons are up online if you want to read them. I'm not going to go through them. The summary is good enough, but if you're a proper legal nerd, get on the full judgment, have a look at the reasons. It's... Well, it's worth though. it's worth discussing because, but basically, what what Justice Beach Jones found was there is no active discrimination over yes. over vaccination. Yep, that there's that you know he, he mentioned in his judgment um, discrimination on the basis of race, uh, creed, religion, etc. Uh, would would constitute <clears throat> would constitute a, an active discrimination, but 
vaccination was not one of those things. No, and there was a freedom of movement issue and there was a whole weird constitutional argument about conscription, which Rob Sudi's been basically sitting there saying, look, you know, maybe I don't agree with mandatory vaccination. And he's got his own vibe on that, but this is a dumb argument. And that man knows the constitution. So Buckley, within minutes of the verdict, said he was going to appeal. And of course he is. But I honestly doubt he will even get leave to do so. I mean, like, I'm not sure of the process behind it, but they are flogging a dead horse here. But it's a dead horse full of money. And after the verdict, Buckley's GoFundMe went up by tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Like, he is nailing this grift. You'd think that at that point people would start going, oh, maybe we're just, you know, going nowhere here in a bit of a legal cul-de-sac. It went no, the other way. Wow. We're, we're in a legal fucking ATM. They're just throwing money at this guy still. God knows whether it's Australian or foreign money. That's a whole other story. Now, Peter Matuk, the arch rival of all that is Buckley, and I love this rivalry so much, rubbed salt in the wound with a ha-ha of Nelson proportions, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha! And Peter said what we were all thinking on his post on Facebook, quote, no real surprises here, I must say. Even down to the post made five minutes later stating they need funds to appeal. What a waste of money. But hey, at least they get paid for losing, right? Well, yeah, that kind of sums it up. Yeah, true thirds, yeah. But he's throwing stones in a glass house here. I mean, the old mate has $300,000 in crowdfunding money and he hasn't done shit with it. Huh? Like, it's pretty easy to not lose when you haven't actually done a case. So it's easy to laugh at a loser when you've got no skin in a game. But Matuk hasn't lost momentum. Oh, no, he's galvanized by the demise of his foes, despite the fact they have the same fucking objective, claiming this is absolutely going to happen. You know, the case is heaps good. It's a definite sure thing, just as long as he's behind it. Yeah. All right, mate. (laughs) Telegram, in the wake of the decision, Telegram lit up with people freaking out. You know, one person simply said, well, waiting for the verdict, I feel sick. You know, I feel sick in the stomach. Well, they really thought they would win. Of course, they had the answer before the verdict. They had the one... Or the court is corrupt. And one person straight up said, hard to say, if it's not in our favour, my guess is that we know where the court stands. So that tells you where they're all going to come from. So one of the issues Justice Beach Jones slapped down was the argument of inherent rights. For better or worse, our rights in Australia are mostly given us by acts of parliament. So we're going to go to law school here because there's not many. So the idea that we have some sort of inherent rights, some sort of bill of rights, it just, it just died in the ass. It's a ridiculous thing for them to have taken. One take on this, Silvana Sparkles, said, quote, why did the judge say there's no bill of rights in the Supreme Court case when it's the Constitution, isn't it? No, Mrs. Sparkles, it's not. Thanks for playing. Thanks I mean, the playing. Constitution you, is you, basically just an instruction manual for the Australian government. You it's do not win the you don't you not win the Lancet and the high five. They, they, exactly. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's yeah. not the case. Well, she it's actually just, thinks the Constitution is a bill of rights. I mean, that's yeah. the sad thing. Because she's watched too much American television. Yeah. The Constitution in Australia. Is well, basically it's the same in the US. The, the Bill of Rights is a separate document to the Constitution. Well, that's true. That's true. Exactly. I mean, this is a fucking idiot. I don't even know why we're talking about her. So Rod Carleton was all over like this, like a rash. Rod, of course, being a famous sobsit, great Australian party, and, you know, senator in exile, as he likes to say. Mm. Rod and his sobsit mates love to believe the Australian constitution is basically a false one. There's all sorts of bullshit behind that. I'm not going to go into it because it's like three pages of nonsense. But we are still bound by English law, which does have a bill of rights from 1688. No, we, we're, we're not. not. No. But of course, this is what the judge should have relied on in his decision if he wasn't corrupt. Like, 
No, Rodney, no. So no. as a bit of legal history, no, in 1828, the Australian Courts Act, a piece of legislation passed in the UK, bound Australia to existing English law. That's like where they sort of just made like the, okay, you guys are now English. <laughs> From there, the UK could pass legislation that had effect in Australia. This is a little known thing I didn't know until I went to law school. It's a bit of a dent in our sovereignty. And when I say sovereignty, I definitely say in the colonial sense. It was never ceded. Never mm. ceded. Mm. Never forget that. Mm. So in 1986, the Parliament passed the Australia Act, which essentially severed us from this English law and put an end to all that bullshit. But Culleton and his sobsit mates think the Australia Act is invalid for all sorts of really weird fucking reasons, mm. including like the way that the Queen signed the bill, no. even though the Queen <laughs> came to Canberra and signed it in person in this big ceremonial act of like, we're letting you go, you know, you're an adult now, go be a man, that sort of thing. Well, the the, the Australia Act also had to go through the British Parliament, so you might want to have a look at the Queen's signature well, there too. Well, what they did is they signed it simultaneously. It was like this whole fucking uh, song and dance. They did a whole thing. Yeah. Like it was it was a big spectacle and yet Rodney Cullerton's like, nah because like she signed E, uh, instead of Elizabeth, and like that's like not valid. Shut up, Rod. <laughs> Shut up. Deal with your bankruptcy. Yeah, pay your creditors, man. Pay anyway, so Telegram was pretty funny. We had the usual people rallying for uh, people to watch. Once again, thinking that the YouTube view count somehow will change the verdict. Yeah. Uh, and if we send more emails, <laughs> if we just send more emails, people and- power. <laughs> <laughs> and all the usual cooks squealing about corruption and how the judges are mason. Oh, yeah. good oh, Lord. So Many much people, man. God love them. Many people on Telegram are very keen to get their guns back. No. Yes, they're very angry, and I'm really no. glad they don't have them. No. Quite a few casual death threats in there, including this banger. He needs to be assassinated for corruption. It was obvious all along this would be his ruling. Assassinated for corruption. Okay, what? then. You actually that? don't need a reason to assassinate someone. It's not a cap punishment these people have such a bizarre idea of what natural justice is it's like as if they're gonna have like a kangaroo court where it's like you have been ruled to be corrupt because telegram says so like what so <laughs> look in other circles disinformation merchants like the prick behind the know your rights website that sells sovsit tricks to get out of fines and criminal charges the usual sort of shit but claim that christine mccartney during the case, agreed that vaccinated people were 16 times more likely to get COVID than the unvaccinated. She said no such thing. Like she's Christine McCartney is a specialist on vaccination. She's an academic, as far as I know. But either way, they called her up as an expert witness, and she addressed all these things in the court case. But the issue is, is there's a limited ability to review the footage. They don't. They stream it live, but they don't record it, and there's no transcripts as you go. So you couldn't really prove any claims wrong. So he waved this bizarre piece of paper that he clearly typed up Microsoft Word as proof. He's like, this is proof. This is proof that she said it. It's like clearly badly formatted, like a couple of paragraphs on the top of a page. He just made it up. Good friend of the podcast, Alastair, remembered the whole fucking thing. We're having a chat on this on Facebook. It was very impressive. And it triggered my memory because I did watch the the testimony myself. He was proving both that he's a fucking good lad and probably Rain Man because how the fuck he remembered that is completely beyond me. She said, and Alistair told me, the study was a preprint, not peer-reviewed, and that she did not agree with the assertion. That's exactly what she fucking said. And now we know that because it's all come out because they do release the transcripts and the judgment later on. Yet, of course, they just make up these lies and spread them like fire. These court cases serve as such a great platform for grifters and shitheads to just make shit up and claim it as fact. It's just another week in the movement who use lies to spread nonsense 
to grift. So I just want to clarify, Christa McCartney is an academic. She's actually a paediatrician specialist in, inf- in infectious diseases who had been advising the New South Wales Department of Health. Ooh, live fact-checking. I like it. That's what journalists do. So basically, at this point, what's next? Buckley has been off working on his next move. Maybe that he knew that it was going to lose. I, I wouldn't want to say that. That's that's crazy. That's just really saying things that are defamatory, right? So <laughs> a case at the federal court is in the works. Oh, yeah, it is. The lead plaintiff being the one and only Monica Smith. And Yay. this one is going to bring in bucket loads of money for Buckley and his friends, AFL solicitors, because anything Monica does just mm. has money attached to it. It's fucking ridiculous. She like she should be working for the Red Cross or something. Imagine her shaking a bucket outside a train station and people just putting Bitcoin in it. Like, it's just fucking insane. <laughs> Hurling pineapples into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just she's just I don't know what her gift is, but she's got it. So they published their statement of claim online and it is absolutely wild. We'll put it in the shit posting group because it's really, really funny. Yeah. It is full of that same shit that failed on a state level, the really basic stuff, but it totally goes further. Yeah, they push Ivermectin as an alternative to the vaccine. They claim this is great, and like I'm, I'm summarizing this hard. When Hazard and Chance said New World Order, that was proof that this is actually the work of the fictitious, shadowy organization known as the New World Order that doesn't exist. And they explain what the New World Order is meant to be. It's really funny. So the fact they're putting this shit in an actual courtroom is just wild. The entire thing is littered with disinformation, has an entire section of incredibly questionable relevance about various civil suits against big pharma companies, including Pfizer and AstraZeneca. Mm. Man, I fucking hate the way that big pharma companies take the piss and then include these fines as just a bit of like a cost of doing business. And we get it, big pharma and naughty. But where's the relevance? This is not relevant. How the fuck do you think a judge is going to see this in a courtroom and go, oh yeah, we should definitely take that into account. You just you can't just hope that you can peel the judge with your statement of claim. It's a bad legal strategy. It's not how the law works. Yeah, look, the statement of claim, we will pop it up on the uh, shit posting site it's because so it funny. is something to behold. It's, an, uh, it's contemporary art. And look, it's going to be much funnier than the last one. If they manage to get it past the registrar, it's going to be a fucking circus. It's pretty much the same argument they did, as I said, but they have dialed up the crazy to 11. Yep. This will be absolute catnip to their audience, though, who will read this statement of claim and think they're sticking it to the man and taking truth to power. <laughs> Miss Sparkles, for example, is just going to love this document. She's She's going going, oh, love yeah. Isn't it the Bill, it's the Bill of Rights? It must be the Bill of Rights. It's the vibe. It's definitely the vibe. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. So, look, I must say, I do feel for the other three plaintiffs in the case, though, and I'm sure they're going to try and pull this stunt and then try to stop costs orders from happening due to the fact that the case is in public interest. But if they do get costs awarded against them, like the Henry guys, who may or may not get costs awarded against them, that's still up in the air, they're going to go fucking bankrupt. Government QCs are not cheap. So, what, do you think Monica's going to reach into her infinite pocket and bail them out with all the Clive money and her jail money? I don't fucking think so. Well, so, she might get down the railway station and, you know, yeah, just stick get a bucket out and just people hurl 50s in there. Yeah, I mean, they just will. I don't know what the fuck her gift is. I, honestly, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. She, she's, she's very, amazing she's at very, this. She's a money-making she's, machine. Anti-vaxxers are still making fake appointments for vaccines in an attempt to waste the vaccine supply and waste everyone's time and money. Yeah, of course. And this is going for some time, but it's still being reported on as being fresh because it keeps happening. Guardian ran a story on October 5th that calls to confirm appointments were met with expletives. Mm. Wonder why that is. And you can only imagine the utter nonsense these creeps would rattle off at the poor GP desk staff. Yeah. I'm just going to say, for the record, 
The girl at the desk of your local general practice is one of the most hardworking people in the place. They coordinate a million things at once, including taking your piss cup and forwarding your pathology results, your chlamydia test, and they do it with the patience of saints and a tortured smile. Having to put up with this bullshit is absolutely beyond yeah, it. I won't fucking see it. I won't stand for it. They are unsung heroes. Everyone loves the nurses, and so do I, but the fucking GP front desk, mate, this is an egregious attack on an underappreciated workforce. Anyway, I'm- Look, I make the same point about all health workers, you know. It's a hard fucking trot. If you're abusing people for giving you a needle or directing you to the place that where you'll get the needle, you know, and it's just un- unforgivable and unacceptable. Just get fucked. So they use the logic, anti-vaxxers use the logic that if they don't show up, the vials will be, you know, just thrown away and, and, and the doses no. will go to waste. And this doesn't happen, though. They, they, they only draw the needles a few at a time and prepare for cancellation. As usual, anti-vaxxers are just being annoying dickheads. And, and one GP claimed around 15% of his vaccine appointments were no-shows, while yep. some may be innocent mistakes. They've Notice the pattern for me. Anti-vaxxers won't give their Medicare details and get hostile when asked. Ah, That's a real dead giveaway, right? Yeah, they still hit the system, you know. For all those supplements they take, they're still hitting the system. It's yet another example of child's behaviour of anti-vaxxers. People with too much time on their hands and a self-righteous fury, inexplicable fury, create this kind of pointless drama that we hope has a very limited shelf life. It's over, anti-vaxxers. Give up. You've lost. Just give up the fight. You are done. Stay down for the count. Famous last words this week... uh, we just want to remind people about this segment. This is really not something that uh, we want to poke fun at people who are anti-vax A and B died of COVID. It's not the intention of this segment necessarily. We'll we'll go the the pushes and the urges, and you might say this person was one, but this is just an incredibly sad piece of personal recklessness yeah. Uh, that's left uh, a lot of people bereft. And a California mother of four who was proudly anti-vax, particularly anti-COVID-19 vax, died of complications due to COVID-19 in September. Kristen Lowry, 40, was a figurehead on social media proclaiming her anti-mask and vaccine news and it garnered high praise with that bunch of fucking dismal hobby cultists. She died on September 15, her aunt said. We will miss her always. So many people need her here, but God must have special plans for her in heaven. You know what? Always God. You know, you want to hope that's true. You are so loved, Christian, and will be so, so missed. Oh, that's sad. Since her death, Larry's Facebook account, which features a profile picture of her with the caption, unmasked, unmuzzled, unvaccinated, unafraid, Together we win. And they've all just pushed into private space. Yeah. Uh, in a picture captured of her profile since going private that was posted on Reddit, Lowry can be seen holding up a sign that reads, Give a voice to the vaccine injured. Uh. In a GoFundMe that's hoping to raise money for her funeral, Lowry is described as a quote, beautiful and amazing woman, but more than that, she was a phenomenal mother who always, always put her children first. She lived for her children, Tayden, McKenna, Ella and Ryan. Wow. And loved 
and love being their mother more than anything in her life. It's the fundraiser statement. Four fucking kids. Yeah. Jesus. Look, nah, you know, she had four children, two under ten. She's left them to battle for themselves in uncertain futures. Yeah. And we take no joy from her death and merely point out that her death occurred due to her recklessness and failure to appreciate, despite literally millions of warnings yeah. that her actions could lead to her death. Ultimately now leads to the sad business of people having to beg on crowdfundme uh, websites to pay for this woman's funeral. Yeah, it's fucking sad. It's a pandemic and stupidity in the face of it can be fatal. That's the point. And people are encouraging them to do so. It's just tragic. But we want to take the stupidity to a new level, Joel. And <laughs> we've got one of the nation's uh, the, the nation's greats uh, to think about too. And he always has such a great word. It has been a huge week huge. in Pete Evans. What appears to be a huge month for Pete. I mean, last week was a big week, but Pete yep. is a progressive. Now, mm. I'm not saying a progressive due to, you know, inclusive values that no. seek to improve no, society, you, you know, to operate on a more tolerant and harmonic no. basis. No, 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 no. no, no he's no. he's a bit of a fascist. He's, he's progressive as he just gets progressively worse oh, as he I goes see. along. I see what you mean. I see what you've done there. Pete is not a fine wine. He's absolutely not getting better with age. <laughs> this theory is backed by his accelerated aging process, which has made the 48-year-old health guru look at least 60. He looks older than me. He's fucking... Oh, man, he's hitting the wall. It's a bit like Dom Perrottet, who is honestly... It's bizarre that he's 39 years old, and he just looks like a dithering old man. Perrottet looks... He doesn't look 39. He either... In some lights, he looks like he's 12, and in others, <laughs> he looks like he's about seventy-five. Yeah, but he looks like the Caleb Bond version of twelve, where like you know, <laughs> sort of a Tucker Carlson type thing. Like he was never a child. So this just absolutely astounds me that these people are the ages they are. But the one thing we can say for those who have aged a little bit before their time is that they have not been on the adrenochrome, which is one thing we can say for them. That's mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, Pete missing out Dom on that. Have not been sucking down the child juice. Because if they were, it's definitely not working. You'd expect a bit, yeah, you'd expect a bit of improvement. Look, to be honest, the elites love that shit. We know that. That's fact. So while Pete usually simply shares things from very sketchy channels that I'll be reluctant to admit following, I mean, (laughs) Tommy Robinson, (laughs) this week he graces us with a wisdom bomb. It's not a truth bomb because Pete doesn't play that way. He doesn't make statements. He makes questions. He asks questions. He asks questions, and here's one here. There really is only one question. One. Thanks, That Jack. needs to be asked. Yeah. Well, you do ask a lot, so we have thought you got <laughs> to this one first. But this is the one question that needs to be asked. Why do they need – he's got the wrong emphasis there. He does, <laughs> why he really do does. they need – need is in caps – to inject the population of the world with an experiment, experimental poison? If you do not know, just keep asking and do not stop until you have the answer. Hint, it has nothing to do with the virus and then those little emoticons. Jesus fucking Christ, Peace, love and life. God damn it. There's a lot to unpack here. For starters, is there really just one question, Pete? And if so, 
Maybe you need to get out more. Because that's yeah. Because if like, you're gonna, if there's really only one question, you'd probably ask that one first, wouldn't you? And like, but he's been asking a lot of other questions. What's for dinner, Pete? There's a question. Like fucking hell, there's more than one question. You're a fucking idiot. Anyway, look, there's some actually really great questions to arise from this, almost accidentally, Lots of questions. which I'm absolutely sure you have not considered. So I'm just gonna get get this out of the way. Here's Pete's take. Blah, blah, depopulation. Blah, blah, Bill Gates. Blah, blah, three years and all the vaccinated people die. Is it? it, Yeah, yeah, keep going. And then something about big pharma making money. I mean, great, whatever. Like, yeah, that's so fucking poignant. Oh, my mind is exploded. Oh, look, but, I'm but, so fucking awake But now. is it really, is it, is it as articulated as that? <laughs> Depopulation, oh. Bill Gates, three-year Delta, we all die, you know? I don't even think he's got it to that point. Yeah, I think he's I've still been following him questions. long enough to think that's, that's the building blocks of his dumb fuck theory that's what's going on here. But look, what I will say here is that if you look at it, there's actually a really quite wide net to this. Why do oh, they absolutely. need to inject the population with this experimental poison? Yeah. So if you look at it in a benevolent sense, which is fine, it's simply to save lives. And a huge aspect of government's responsibility is the security of its citizens. This is totally fucking normal. Like, do a civics class. And injecting them with the experimental poison is doing just that. It's securing lives. This is what we fucking pay them for. Sadly, we have fuckwit bullshit peddlers trying to convince people to live in a way that is contrary to their best interest. Yes, that's you, Pete. And then the government needs to use childlike incentives like the carrot and stick to convince people to do the things that are simply the smart thing to do for themselves at the time. (laughs) So obviously we have the issue of hospitals and the issues that we present with them when they are overrun. And of course, we have politicians who run them at capacity at the best of times. So this extends absolutely to the security of citizens who might wind up in a car crash, find a lump in their breast, or getting their headache checked, and it turns out everything's turning to shit. Now, innovations of Western medicine in all these fields and the implementation in our social medical system, which Pete seems to have a massive problem with, how about you go fuck yourself, have pushed life expectancy up to crazy heights. We're meant to live for fucking ever at this point. Having said health system overrun by fucking anti-vaxxers who take up miles of room, stay in ICU for weeks, hogging all the ventilators, (laughs) while most people who have serious conditions stay in ICU for a couple of days at best. Cancer surgery... Uh, car couple accidents. Couple of days. Yeah. yeah. And these yeah. fuckers are there for like a month. They're behaving like brats toward health workers, telling them the whole thing's still a hoax. It's not ideal. And no. it's no. a really good reason why they need to inject the population with the experimental poison. It's kind of obvious. There's an answer for you, mate. If I get cancer and go on the chemo, being surrounded by plague rats really dents my life expectancy because if I get COVID then, I kind of die. So if they are vaccinated, they're less likely to kill me. Isn't that great? So glad we're on the same page here. Okay? <laughs> I'm really glad. This is really good. We're making progress. Now, even then, since conventional wisdom is completely beyond Pete's cognitive ability and everything needs to be some dystopian fucking dopey fan fiction plotline, how about this? Capital interests want to keep us alive. We are inherently workers. We spend money. We are a part of the economy. And it costs the economy a fortune to bring a worker into the world. Childcare supplements, family tax benefits, all that shit. We do these things so people will reproduce the workforce. So capital interests, the big bad man, have a constant reserve army of labor to produce value upon which capital interests take the surplus. And yes, I went for marks on you and I'm not yeah, fucking apologizing because they're not wrong. 
I mean, they need to inject us with the experimental poison because every time someone peels off the mortal coil, that is one less worker, especially a specialized one, that we took years creating. They cost money to make. So sure, it also kills off old people. You can say that. But old people are amazing for the economy. The aged care services industry is a giant pot of cash. Old people are fucking walking wallets. Of course we want them to stay alive. Every year they loiter around the mortal coil, shuffling around playing Scrabble, is another good year for the Uniting Church, charging them a couple of thousand bucks a month to feed them microwave dinners and store them in a shoebox. So Pete, the reason they need to inject us is because they want to keep us alive. And if you want to believe that's at the benevolence of the government, that's fine. It's not entirely wrong. Obviously, Pete doesn't think that because he's a fucking moron, but it's a reasonable theory. If you want to believe that it's a force of capital interest trying to ensure they do not come across labor shortages, which increase the cost of wages and reduce profits and growth, that's not wrong too. But it's not a conspiracy, Pete. It's not Bill Gates. It's not depopulation. We don't live in a young adult novel. We're not in the Hunger Games, Pete. We live in a fucking society. We've been doing this for years now. There's a whole bunch of literature you haven't read about it. And if you did, you'd know why all this is happening. But go ahead. Keep asking questions, mate. <laughs> keep at it. And don't stop till you find that answer. Keep fucking going. Hint, Pete, it's definitely not what you think it is. You fucking idiot. Yeah, look, I don't know if he's actually seen the Hunger Games, but I reckon someone's given him the gist and it's just really put the <laughs> fucking it's fear really, of God in It's him. laid in the back of his fucking skull. What a cunt. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. And do it because we know you're not doing it because I get notifications. When we get a five-star review, I get notifications and you little shits aren't doing it. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on Crunchy Bones with a K. Come on, give us a review, you bastard. We know you're using Apple Podcasts. We can see it on the fucking stats. Yeah. I think I, I I think it's you know you, I, I'm not all I don't really care about this stuff. Somehow it helps. I, really like I don't know. I read an article, so you can find the Facebook page we set up, which is the Ship Posting Group. Look up Conditional Release Program Ship Posting and the Conditional Release Program on Facebook. We love hearing from you, and you guys have great things. You you know you, you post and you share, and of course, running a podcast easier than done. We say this every week. Just share our stuff. Tell your friends, whatever. And we know you're doing that because our numbers are going up. We love you for it. Yes, thank you very much. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to serve us with a subpoena to appear in federal court to claim that the child earning cabal have taken over the government and the health orders are a barely disguised direct attack on our most important Australian institution. That's Kmart. Yeah, I will I will buy a twelve dollar iron or I'm I'm expert, kill everyone I will I want to be an expert witness all over that. <laughs> $2 gloves, man. It's all good. So a big thank you to our research elves, Sharon and Sandy, who we were going to thank last week. We're going to thank this week. We'll just keep thanking we just, you. Yeah, we want to keep thanking him. Thank You're you constantly so helping us. You guys are like a part of the podcast at this point. We really appreciate your work. That Twitter thread we have is insane. And last but absolutely not least, happy birthday, baby. Oh, Love you, Liz. Yes. You won't hear this for like a month because you're miles behind the podcast. You probably didn't think I'd give you a massive shout out at the end. But anyway, happy birthday. I love you very much. Tomorrow you're going to get the dumbest presents in history. And you're going to have a great fucking morning and I love you dearly. You'll know what they are because let's face it, you're going to listen to this in December. Thanks, guys. wasn't like that for my birthday. <laughs> I'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. See ya. See ya. See ya.